It's a glorious late February Saturday morning. The sun is shining. I'm stood at Waterloo Station. Time is 8.15 and people are gathering in groups, waiting to go out for a day. I'm off to the Isle of Wight with the London Transport Museum friends. So I'm just off to get my train, which leaves at 8.30. I've collected my tickets for the day, handed in my Covid form, and I'm now walking down the platform towards the fourth or fifth carriage on the train, which apparently is closest to the exit at Portsmouth and Southsea. I think there are 70 people on this trip, so it's going to be an interesting day. Welcome to the London Transport Museum Friends Visit to the Island Line and the Isle of Wight Steam Railway Station and Museum at Haven Street. The main purpose of the visit was to travel on the recently introduced Class 484 trains. These entered service on the 1st of November 2021 after being rebuilt by Viva Rail from London Underground D-Stock. Since electrification in 1967, the Island Line has always run on converted ex-London Underground stock. Until 1992, these were converted standard stock units, which had first entered service on the Underground in 1923. These were followed by converted 1938 stock units, which entered service in 1989 and were finally withdrawn in 2021. Welcome aboard this Southwestern Railway service to Portsmouth Harbour. Safety information is displayed throughout the train and I ask you to keep your belongings with you at all times. Should you see or hear anything suspicious, anyone acting suspiciously, please report it to myself or any other member of railway staff. I'm walking through the train during parts of the journey. Should you require any help or assistance, please stop me and ask. Currently located in the middle of this Tenko train, should you need my immediate assistance. Once again, it's the Southwestern Railway service to Portsmouth Harbour with a scheduled time of arrival of 10.02. The next station stop will be Woking. So we're on our way. Just leaving Waterloo now. The train itself seems very empty and I haven't seen any of the other people on my tour. However, I'm hoping they're somewhere on this train. As we travel to Clapham Junction, we go past tower block after tower block of new flats built in the last 10 or 15 years. There are still some being built, still concrete going skywards. And now on our left, as we pass the market, you can see behind it some of the local authority housing from the 1950s. We certainly have a meeting of different styles and different ages in this part of London. On my right, rising slowly upwards, the link to the southeast that used to bring in the trains on Eurostar services when Waterloo International was the terminus for London. (music) 
this stretch of line just before we come into Clapham Junction has access to an amazing array of different routes. You can come out of Victoria Station and by going underneath the tracks you can then use the London Overground lines to, for example, Wilsdon Junction. So we pass through Clapham Junction, slowly through the platforms, and then as you leave, the driver can start to accelerate. As we speed through Wimbledon, there's a tram to Elmer's End at one side of the station, a district line train waiting to leave to go back into London at the other side of the station. As we pass through Berrylands on our approach to Surbiton, I can see three houses with scaffolding canopies over their roofs and pass through the magnificent Southern Railway Station at Surbiton at speed. We pass playing fields, deserted playing fields, on this beautiful Saturday morning. I suppose at this time, it's just a little bit early for the footballers to be out. We're also passing station car parks with hardly a car in them, a non-commuter day. Now passing the Mercedes AMG site at Brooklands, Brooklands home of British motor racing a hundred years ago. we pass a park with lots of trees in it on our approach to Woking. Some areas of the grass still have frost on them, but there are others where it has burnt off. And now allotments, again with the greenhouses still with that tinge of frost. And then a playing field, empty as well, although the heating must be on in the pavilion because the steam coming from the chimney in the roof. When we leave Woking, we will be turning left, so to speak, at the next junction on our way down to Guildford. As we pull out of Woking, we pass on our left a large block of flats. Good morning, this is your guard speaking. Welcome aboard this Southwestern Railway service to Portsmouth Harbour. Safety information is displayed throughout the train. I ask you to keep your belongings with you at all times. Should you see or hear anything suspicious, anyone acting suspiciously, please report it to myself or any other member of railway staff. Currently find me located in the middle of this 10 coach train, so you need my immediate assistance. The next station stop will be Guildford. We've just taken the junction off the southwest main line onto the line towards Guildford. This route is known as the Portsmouth Direct, far faster than going via Basingstoke and Winchester. We've stopped at a red signal on our way into Guildford. It's a lovely wooded area that we're sat in, but you can see the effects of last week's storms with quite a few silver birches on their side. Guildford, change here for Redhill, London, Gatwick Airport, Reading, Epsom and Ascot via Aldershot and Camberley. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform edge. Just past the line on the left that comes in from London Road Station, on the slow line from London, and the line on the right that comes in from Reading.
for the Great Western Railway service that runs from Reading to Gatwick Airport. You can see that when Godalming Station was built, it was seen as being out of London because it's beautiful stone buildings. A short stop and then we're off again. We're now travelling at speed south of Hazelmere. Sadly, the previous cloudless blue sky is starting to cloud over. We're making good progress. The next station is Petersfield. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform edge. Travelling through lovely countryside, heading towards the South Downs. Our next stop is Happent. We've just passed some tennis courts. There are about a dozen people playing tennis. And now we're into the tunnel through the South Downs. as we pass playing fields. There are children playing football. An hour has passed since I last spoke about it and people have got out and about. We're now definitely into the built-up suburbs of Portsmouth, passing through small station after small station in Bedhampton Hillsea on our way to our next stop at Fratton. As we leave Fratton station, I must get my things back together as our next stop is Portsmouth and Southsea, where we're getting off the train and onto the hover bus. It must be a nightmare for a driver when a party of 70 plus slow moving people are crossing on a zebra crossing and you're trying to drive down the road, maybe in a hurry to meet a friend of yours. I think this bus is a special hire because it only seemed to take our party and another one was parked just behind it. However, the roads here in Portsmouth seem a little bumpy. I'm sure we've just grounded the vehicle as we're bouncing along through the town. The bus has stopped. We're getting out. We're at the hover terminal. There's a man counting the numbers in. A few clouds in the sky, but it is... A beautiful day. So you just take a seat in here for the moment until they call you for the flight. So a little bit of beach and sea traffic on the Solent. So as people are waiting for the hovercraft, looking out of the window, there's one brave set of enthusiasts. A nice yacht. Reef sails probably under motor power at the moment because the sails flapping wildly, going out into the choppy seas. In front of me I can see at least three ferries, or maybe two ferries and a hovercraft. And there's also a naval ship out there in the Solent. And so the island flyer has just arrived from Ride. It's positioning itself on its stand outside the window before the passengers are able to disembark. It's now sunk down, the air coming out from under its skirt. The flap in the nose has been raised, the steps have been put in place and the passengers are starting to disembark. Inside the waiting room here there's an air of anticipation 
as people are about to get the chance to go overseas, albeit to the Isle of Wight. And so the flood of people begins out through the door and onto the hovercraft. And into the hovercraft. I think this is a form of transport that is not designed for comfort. Seats are arranged in a 2-4-2 configuration. Rather like an aircraft, except that the cabin is kind of foreshortened. Most definitely economy class, because the seats are very close together. Anyway, we shall soon be off. The doors are closed. We'd like to take a few moments to draw your attention to the safety notice in front of you. You will see that your life jacket is stowed under your seat. Instructions on how to put on your life jacket are shown on the safety notice in three easy steps. Place the life jacket over your head. Pass the belt around your waist and fasten the buckle at the front. Hold the buckle and pull the belt as tight as possible. In the unlikely event of an emergency, the captain will raise the alarm over the public address system. You will be instructed to don a life jacket and remain in the muster station of the craft. The crew will assess and activate the required emergency systems. The crew will then provide further instructions. Should it be necessary to evacuate the hovercraft, you will be directed to an emergency exit and into an inflatable life raft. You are advised to take warm clothing and any medication you may need but leave all bags and bulky items behind. Thank you for listening to this safety message, and if you have any questions, please ask a member of the crew. We wish you a pleasant journey, and remind all passengers to remain seated whilst the craft is in motion. Well, we've just turned round and we've just hit the water. Very like an aircraft safety announcement, that. Shore crossing is nearly over on my right, or should I say to starboard, I see Ride Pier as we pass along its length. One of the fast ferries moored at the end, but we're going right up to the Esplanade where the hover terminal is. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching Ride and would ask for your safety and the safety of others that you please remain seated until the hovercraft has landed and the doors have been opened. For those with onward travel requirements, you will find the train and bus terminals a short walk from our terminal, and the taxi rank just outside. For more information, please speak to a member of our team. In Portsmouth, the beach was pebbles. Here in Rye, it's sand. The hovercraft was a little bit late. The connection time for the train was very tight. And as we got off the hovercraft, the train was leaving the platform. However, there's another train in about 15 minutes. Ride Esplanade, or as the sign opposite me says, De Esplanade, because it's so overgrown with ivy and other things, is a one-platform station. The other platform is covered in plants of all kinds and being on the Isle of Wight, being semi-sheltered here, the plants are somewhat in advance of the mainland. It's actually quite attractive. So we're pulling out of Ride Esplanade Station.
guard has just locked himself in the driver's cab. You've probably seen our group of people and has decided he doesn't want to check tickets. Currently passing through the tunnel just outside Ride Esplanade Station. Clearance here is pretty tight. And we're out into the sunshine again. They may have spent a lot of money on refurbishing this line, changing the clearances, raising platform heights, but there's still an awful lot of blackberries growing along the side of the track. As to our coach itself, the converted London Underground D-Stock. If you didn't know it was an ex-underground train, you might actually think that it had been purpose-built for this line. The train is now arriving at its first stop, which is Ride St John's Road. Past the signal box at Ride St John's Road, which controls the signalling for the whole line. The guard must be feeling braver. He's now checking our tickets. We've just passed the junction with the Isle of Wight steam railway. Not stopping there today, although later on we will be going to their museum. If I remember correctly, the maximum speed on this line is 45 miles an hour. However, with a slightly bumpy track, and these converted carriages it feels as though we're travelling an awful lot faster than 45 miles an hour I don't think I've ever been to this part of the Isle of Wight before a few farms a few stables lots of trees crops starting to grow past a football club I wonder if they've got a match this afternoon. And now a few houses. We appear to be coming into a station anyway. As we slowly come into braiding. Sandal. Please mind the gap 
Braiding is a passing point because the ride pier head train is in the other platform. Both trains set off out of Braiding at exactly the same moment. As we come into Sandown, we pass a good pile of sleepers all ready for installation. You'd have thought that as they've spent an awful lot of money refurbishing this line, realigning the tracks, raising the platforms and all the other things they've done, that they wouldn't be planning to put down new sleepers for a little while yet. We've arrived at Shanklin, probably the biggest trainload of passengers they'll get today. It's a nice little station, an interesting collection of mismatched buildings, French-style mansard roof, and we're on platform one of one. There's a plaque on the station wall saying that the station was opened in 1864, 158 years ago. Well, just outside the station, you can see straight down the hill to the sea. But Shanklin itself has a slightly worn expression. It looks as though it could do with a little bit of refurbishment. But that, I suppose, is the story of many seaside resorts around Britain these days. One place that's open, because of course it's way out of season, is a shop selling boards of all kinds, surfboards... Short boards, you name it, boards. But then enthusiasts are willing to take to the water at any time of year. Now heading back from Shanklin, I'm facing the other way. Nice stone built house just past there, with his garden backing down to the railway. And then, pretty quickly, we're out, views down to the sea. And then back into another cluster of houses as we come into Lake. Lake has a very simple station by the look of it. Just a platform with boarding at the back of it. Not a long stop at Lake, although some got on and some got off. The guard working his way down the carriage, checking tickets. As we come towards Sandown, we go through a bit of a cutting. The gorse just starting to come into flower. Sandown Station boasts a refreshment bar, though it looks very shut at the current time. 
the things are written on the blackboard. So I presume that it's open during the season. We're out into a marshy area. Water standing and patches of grass and a lot of reeds growing. We're just leaving braiding. Passing the other train. An old signal box in the background. Past Haven Street again and the end of the Isle of Wight steam railway. Lots of good walking countryside. Lots of paths we pass. Some lovely wooded areas which in a month or so will start to green as the leaves open. Currently, the only green is the vast amount of ivy hanging to the trees. As we pass out of St John's Road, we pass one of the few semaphore signals that's still operating on this line. Now travelling down Ride Pier, the tide really is out. Looks like it's relatively shallow water, even at the pier head. There's a hydrofoil at pier head, and the hovercraft is just coming in. I wonder whether the hovercraft will be in before this train leaves Ride Esplanade. I'm now sat on the bus waiting for us to set off to Haven Street from Ride St John's Road Station. A lot of the passengers on the trip have just arrived by train. It almost looks like a school outing with a long crocodile of people climbing over the bridge from one platform to come down on our side and then board the bus. Deep into the heart of the island now and we've turned off the main road. The side road we're going down, there are a lot of trees. Low branches striking the roof of the bus. Quite brave to drive a double-decker bus down here, I think. Farmland, we've seen quite a few sheep. And we've just about arrived. We're just about to go into the car park here at Haven Street. Just before we get to the 13-foot-3 bridge. Because this bus is 13-foot-10 tall. We've had a lovely warming bowl of soup and a spectacular ploughman's in the dining room here at the Isle of Wight Steam Railway at Haven Street. It is still beautiful. There's a slight chill in the wind, but when you're in the sun, it is lovely and warm. Everybody's now getting ready for the tour through the museum. Closed February 1966, part of the beaching acts, sure you're familiar with. So what you can see around, originally, imagine this station completely, utterly different. Okay, so originally this would have been a field in the middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> so the only original building is the one that's cut in scaffolding. That's 1926, built by the Southern Railway. As you can tell, 
classic Southern Railway concrete built cheaply. We're now uh, discovering all its many pitfalls we're having to <laughs> sort it out. So that's going to be a quite expensive job this winter. One person selling the tickets and pulling the levers for the signal box. Southern Railways well modernised the station and put in the island platform. So originally it just would have been a single platform, basically because it's halfway between Ride and Newport, so the convenient passing place. But as a passenger station, utterly hopeless. A thousand people a year, the village of Haven Street is minute, so no one ever came to get on here. It basically is the passing loop between the halfway along the line. So, closed 66, shuts down for five years. In 1971, we moved everything here to the station. And literally, they found one and a bit miles of track to Wootton, which is what we owned one platform and one station building. Oh, and a concrete hut around the back. That was the loco workshop. So we'll go and have a, a tour round. You'll see our loco workshop, our carriage and wagon, and take you up to Train Story, which is our big museum home storage shed. Um, so if that kind of gives you a, a kind of very, very positive history of Haven Street Station, think of it as, uh, you know, nothing like what it is now. You know, I was like, if you want to make Haven Street really original, take away 110,000 visitors. So we're having a trip around the Haven Street site. I'm at this moment stood beside a very large pile of coal. Apparently the railway uses about 270 tonnes of coal each year and each locomotive uses 900 kilograms or thereabouts in a day, all of which is shuffled by hand by the farmer. The coal consumption results in the emission of 780 tonnes of CO2 a year, which is roughly the same as one return flight from the UK to Miami. We're now in the carriage and wagon workshop. Good example of a wooden carriage being restored. This carriage was built in 1898 in Birmingham for the London, Chatham and Dover Railway. It's one of 40 similar vehicles transferred to the Isle of Wight by the Southern Railway in the 1930s. That carriage, when complete, will have five compartments. Three examples of PMV vans luggage vans we bought a load of them we probably bought 20 in the mid 80s not because we desperately want them as pmvs they're basically our, our supply of under frames for the future so what will happen eventually with this one is top will come off and it'll probably become a store somewhere bottom will come out we'll chop a, a section out the middle to make it uh, the right length and that'll eventually become an under frame for one of our four-wheel carriages but up until the 1930s lots of little four-wheelers the southern railway took over and realized this rather ramshackle collection of railways needed a bit of modernisation. So they looked around the southern region and brought across these ones either from the South Eastern and Chatham or the London and Brighton South Coast Railway. By Isle of Wight standards, very, very modern for the time. These survived in service right up into the 1960s. So by the 1960s, you're travelling around in an Edwardian carriage and a Victorian tank engine pulling it. Kind of classic Isle of Wight feature is the really big brake van. And it's because of uh, passenger luggage in advance. So, in, you know, oh. back in the 50s and 60s, you might have sent your big case a week before to go on holiday. Yeah. Isle of Wight Railways, you know, all about tourism and yeah. traffic. So essentially, they kind of knocked out a couple of compartments, made this whacking great brake van, do really useful for prams and bikes and all sorts of modern yeah. paraphernalia. One of the important things to bear in mind is that the Isle of Wight Steam Railway has made a positive policy to try and retain the look and feel of the Isle of Wight Railways as they were, which has meant that nothing false has been brought in. One result of this is that all their coaches are wooden. The entrance to the museum is very interactive. Full story of how preserved railway began, and then we come into the carriage and wagon shed, and in front of us... There's a carriage with Ride Pier, Sandown, Shanklin and Ventnor on the side of it. It's over 100 years old and needs a new steel underframe. 
opposite is a locomotive, Ajax, ready for people to climb aboard and see how a steam engine really works. And stood opposite locomotive 41313, built in 1952 in Crewe. I was built at the time, trains on the Isle of Wight were about to go into terminal decline with closures starting. And so it's back to the bus for the journey back to Ride Esplanade and then the hovercraft back to the mainland. Sun is still warm, but it's definitely getting cooler. And so we're on the return journey on the hovercraft, just passing the end of Ride Pier. The sandbank that I mentioned earlier has now gone as the tide rises. A few boats sailing in the Solent and we're heading rapidly towards Portsmouth. So we're on the train home now, leaving this time from Portsmouth Harbour Station and half an hour earlier than we'd planned to be. And so, after a wonderful day travelling overseas to the Isle of Wight, we return to London. The day was organised by Mike Kay and the team at ATTC for the London Transport Museum Friends. If you have an interest in transport history, especially London's transport history, why not join the London Transport Museum Friends? As a friend, you can visit the museum for free, receive the regular magazine, get discounts on many things, including the amazing Hidden London Tours and items from the museum shop. You can attend regular talks, both in person and online. Oh, and I suppose I'd better mention the chance to go on visits like today's. You can find out more about joining, volunteering and supporting the work of the museum on the Friends website at ltmuseumfriends.co.uk and take the Get Closer option. <laughs>